Okay. Um, I'm British, but I've been working for more than 40 years on housing in Latin America, particularly low-income housing. And I think Latin America has got lots of lessons, both positive and negative, to teach um, African countries. But I, I worry that African countries normally take their um, policy lessons from Britain, the United States, and in the case of South Africa, the Netherlands. And that's problematic because circumstances in those countries are so different from uh, reality in most parts of Africa. And my paper at the conference was concerned with certain myths that I think undermine uh, the effectiveness of housing policy in Latin America. And if I'm right about that, then they're even more dangerous, those myths, in um, Africa. The first one is I don't think governments should be over-optimistic about what they can do to improve the housing situation. Certainly good policy can make the housing situation better, but um, too often governments promise to remove the housing deficit, um, to remove slums by a certain date. And the experience in Latin America is that over time, because of population increase, because of movement to the cities, the um, absolute numbers of people living in low-income settlements, informal settlements, has actually uh, increased over time. And that's in a region which is much more prosperous than Africa and which has, in some respects, um, improved their housing policy over time. Similarly, the, the idea that um, you can remove slums, which is UN Habitat's promise, um, I find rhetorical rather than uh, real. Um, and I think governments in Africa, given the amount of poverty, given the inequality, they need to be realistic um, about what their aims actually um, are. I also worry that too, too much um, reliance is placed on uh, the experience of developed countries. Um, the town planning acts in Britain, um, council housing in Britain, um, US um, policy. And increasingly, I'm dubious that the experience of rich countries works terribly well even in rich countries. United States has a higher rate of homelessness than in Latin America or indeed much of Africa. In Britain, um, increasingly, there's an affordability crisis and there is no social housing being provided. So the idea that um, poor countries like most of those in Africa should imitate what they're doing in Britain or the United States, uh, I find um, extremely worrying. A fourth myth, as I call it, or, or dubious assumption is um, I get very worried when the British press report that there is a housing crisis because housing prices are suddenly falling. Normally in Britain, housing prices rise. Now, it seems to me that the big problem is when housing prices rise consistently, particularly when they rise faster than incomes, that that creates an affordability crisis. And that is the source of the housing crisis, not... So it's better that housing prices actually fall rather than they, they go up. And um, it's interesting to note that Switzerland, where housing conditions are generally extremely good, 
um, housing prices have not gone up dramatically quickly between, 90, uh, between 2000 and 2011. Um, and yet, despite those house prices not going up very quickly, housing conditions have continued to improve. Whereas in Britain, where house prices have been growing, particularly in London, at about 10% per annum, we've got a real housing affordability crisis. So um, please try and control uh, the rise in house prices. Another problem is that most governments in Latin America, and I believe most governments in Africa, are trying to encourage home ownership at all costs. They're introducing incentives to convince people to buy their own home. Well, we've done that in Britain and in the United States, but we've never gotten beyond about 70% home ownership, despite convincing governments that um, convincing governments, uh, convincing people that um, they should buy their own home. And in big cities like New York and Los Angeles, at least half of the population are actually tenants. So I think that governments ought to have a much more neutral tenure policy. They ought to encourage home ownership, but they should also encourage accommodation for rent. Because many people at some stage in their lifetime do not need home ownership, they need mobility and flexibility. Students, recent migrants, immigrants, even the elderly are perhaps better off in rental accommodation rather than in home ownership. The day will come when they have two or more children, uh, when landlords do not want noisy babies around the uh, accommodation, they may wish to move into um, um, owner occupation. But tenancy does offer accommodation in better service to more central locations, and only when you have a family um, uh, is it advisable to move into um, uh, uh, home ownership. And yet, most governments seem to think that as you become more developed, the home ownership rate goes up. Well, in fact, it's rather the opposite, because poor countries tend to be more rural countries, and in the countryside, most people are homeowners, whereas it's much more common for people to rent in urban areas. And there is one very developed country, um, Switzerland, where housing conditions are excellent, and yet um, something like 80% um, of households actually rent accommodation. So it's worth looking at the example of Switzerland where landlords make a profit, where tenants are given security of tenure, where renting seems to work really rather well, um, and um, obviously the Swiss are not badly housed. Another problem that I find in Latin America increasingly is that governments have no confidence in informal self-help housing um, as a way of uh, improving. And yet in Latin America, where people often build in brick, shanty towns begin as shanty towns, but gradually get serviced, gradually develop first, second, even third and fourth floors, where they provide accommodation, self-help uh, self builders become self-help landlords, um, and the city consolidates and improves over time. And informal housing does provide a, a decent accommodation. But what's missing in an environment where governments are now upgrading slums and providing infrastructure and services, which is very welcome, better to service them than to eliminate them, to evict the, the inhabitants. 
Um, but what, what there is no provision for is to create sites and service schemes providing accommodation to anticipate the future demand for informal housing. Finally, I'd like to suggest that when governments complain about a lack of resources, there, the process of urban development creates wealth. Property values go up, particularly for the middle and higher income groups. And government should claim back some of the, this, these capital gains in order to finance infrastructure and services and even housing for the poor. You use urban development to benefit the whole society. But in most societies, including Britain, we homeowners are not taxed as we should be, and therefore we are not contributing to the elimination of poverty. If I have a last point, it is that I think there's too much emphasis on offering title deeds. I'm not against offering title deeds, but I think the benefits from offering title deeds are greatly exaggerated. P to poor people, banks are not much interested in poor people. If a poor person has a title, they're still unlikely to get credit from a bank, and it is very difficult to get a mortgage to buy a house in an informal settlement, however well-built that house may be. So the offer of property title really makes no difference. So my final words, if I have a minute or two, is that government should be realistic. They should not follow the practice of countries which um, um, really are very so different from them. And they should follow experience more closely in Latin America, which is 10 or 20 years ahead of them in terms of urbanization and development, and learn both from the good things that come from Latin America and the many bad things um, that also um, come from Latin America. Thank you.